Your support helps us bring fresh voices, new voices, and credible voices. Support Mind Podcast by clicking on support the Mind Podcast link on mind.net. You can also write to us at info at mind.net about any other way you would like to support Mindmakers. Hello and welcome to Mind Podcast 78.0, your weekly source for news, views and analysis and analysis of views. And yes, finally, the three of us have returned after it seems God knows what, six weeks, eight weeks. Yeah. So this is Adit Kapadian th- together with me. Uh, I shouldn't say as usual because the <laughs> as usual hasn't been that the case. We promote Kumar Buravalli and Sunanda Vashish. Hey guys. Hello, how are you? How's everyone? Pretty good. Hi. Before we start, I wanted to wish from all of us to all our uh, listeners in India and all Indians everywhere in the world a very happy Independence Day. Absolutely. I guess it was a sheer coincidence that our reunion podcast finally happened on 15th August. Yes. And uh, as as we are um, uh, recording this, the clock has struck way past to midnight. In India, in yes. India. It's, it's Independence Day already in India. Happy Independence Day, India, and to Indians, Everywhere. wherever they are. This is such a big day. Such a big Pakistan day. is still independent as of today, <laughs> as far as, because it is August 14th in the US. US, uh-huh. yes. Or in that, in their case, dependent on US. Somewhere or the other, they are independent. Independent. Yeah. So, but happy Independence Day to Pakistani folks as well, wherever yes. they are. Yes, and happy Independence Day to India. Such a big moment. Such it a was big always. Uh-huh. Yesterday, I was at an event called Incredible India, which was done here in um Houston so the first thing that there was a bunch of children they just sang uh, Indian independence um, I mean Indian national anthem, national anthem for the independence day they sang Jalangaramana and I kid you not the entire the minute they sang it the entire I think there were about 500 people 600 people in the um, uh, venue in the audience everyone was you know silent and I could see tears rolling down in the eyes you know there is something that this Janaganaman does to you not just not and and especially I mean, when children are singing it and with flags in their hands with so much zest and enthusiasm there is something that happens no and I tell you five six years ago Rahman had a concert and you know I mean they were singing songs and stuff and then Hari Haran comes and he starts with Bharatam ko jaan se pyara mm-hmm. and everyone just starts and shouting and stuff and then uh, like in his finale uh, Rahman comes and you know he starts his tere paas he khada rao mm-hmm. is vande matram tune and his uh, banners behind had Indian flags suddenly yeah. come up and oh my god I'm telling you the audience went wild it's something you know Vande Mataram or Janaganamana and Janaganamana especially singing it on 15th August oh, it's, 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 something and and, yeah. and before uh, we go into our recommendations in the end i'm going to recommend something that was done in 1997 when ar rahman did his first album called Janaganamana, directed by bharat bala and kanika mm-hmm. and basically it featured india's top singers and top vocalists yes. uh, singing uh, lata mangeshkar opens it and pandit jasraj ends it the first one also features uh, lata mangeshkar and asha bosley doing a singer uh, one or two lines of duet as well and it's beautiful go yeah. Especially today, go to on YouTube and I mean, if you're listening to the podcast, pause, go to YouTube, watch this one minute, 30 second video and come back (laughs) because we have a lot more uh, talking to you. So this is, it's, it's hard on freedom and it is every minute of this is. Precious. precious. I mean, I just, I, I, I just get goosebumps. Same yeah. here. 
So talking about goosebumps, uh, just as India was turning, uh, stepping into its 70th year, the country was watching a young lady from Tripura called um, Deepa Karmarkar in the Olympics in a field where Indians do not generally compete or do that well. Uh, or don't have infrastructure at all to help. No, no, so I'm coming, I'm coming to yeah. there. This in, then they try in spite of not having all this infrastructure and in 2010 there was Ashish Kumar who did do in men's gymnastics who Deepa considers as her inspiration and so she is a bronze medalist from Commonwealth Games gold uh, sorry uh, bronze medalist from Commonwealth Games in 2014 in Glasgow. But she became fourth. Uh, she came fourth in a final. First of all, to qualify for the final itself was a big achievement. To miss out on a medal by point by two. A whisker, yeah, point literally. Two. Yeah. But Deepa, we are all with you. I think uh, today you inspired millions of young girls around the world in India, of course, but in uh, around the world, uh, you know, to be there and to represent hopes of India. It's okay if you missed. Uh, oh, no, it's I not. Am. That's not a big deal. It's the an fact, inspiration. It's an inspiration. The fact that she went. Yeah there the, you know the girl from it was it was such a symbolic moment that there is this girl from Agartala from uh, Tripura who was their entire country was rooting for this one girl I mean it was such a great moment I think we could not have ushered in our 70th Independence Day in a better way I mean the symbolism was too great to miss I was I was watching uh, what um, her body language uh, mm. was because Again, the I don't know if the announcers were really making it too loud and too um, um, I would say uh, you know uh, distracting. But then uh, when Deepa started uh, you know going towards her world and uh, uh, you know Pat came one of the announcers uh, <coughs> comment that you know she comes from a country where the infrastructure is not. I I really did not feel good about that comment. Yeah. But then she spun in the air and she landed perfectly and then she came back and again, uh, you know, all, I, I would say there was a little bit of slip up uh, in, and but then me and my wife were debating if really the Russian deserved the second place, you know, because we felt Deepa. Uh, yeah, yeah. Of course, of, but the then, American was good. Yeah. The American was, was phenomenal, really good, really no good. question yeah. about yeah. it. No, not just that, you have to understand what she attempted in her second world. Yeah. It was yeah. a, a artistic world called Produnova. Yeah. And Produnova is one of the toughest world. Yeah. If not like the toughest yeah. and it has like which is 7.0 score right. so you add that plus your performance and that has been not been attempted by a lot of people yeah. even top gymnasts because you have to do like two and a half somersaults or something I think it almost looked like she was touching the uh, you know the no, her feet touched right. first and then, and then her, she, kind and of she of sat yeah. so yeah. but regardless I yeah. mean um, you know that happened and then apart from that this Olympics has been a series of small small heartbreaks for the Indian contingent yeah. because they have gotten a lot of fourth place with Sanya Mirza's case right. you had Abhinav Bindra doing that and uh, it has uh, opened up a usual debate and I wrote a piece on this yes, about a phenomenal piece I have yeah. to interrupt you and say that yeah. anybody you know please go ahead and read the piece we've plugged it several times and it's there on the website right now you must read um, it's heartbreaking because it's not right to be blaming these as Adit has correctly said it's not right blaming the athletes we need to do something about it for too long we've been saying that uh, no, see, now really no but see that's the, the three three things people don't understand first of all is people are like Are, we should follow national games more now one thing I wrote in the piece America does probably the best in Olympics amongst all the other countries which is the most watched sport in America it's not swimming where Michael Phelps does it's American football so 
first to think that because we follow uh, gymnastics on tv and we'll follow all these sports on tv that will mean that automatically uh, it will improve it's not going to happen because there are certain sports which are just more fun to watch but mm-hmm. they are not necessarily featured in the olympics and there are some olympic sports where you might not want to watch uh, you might not have the time to watch uh, all of it uh, second thing is uh, blaming uh, you know just uh, i i i hate that a lot of politicians are in charge of this and have been for like 30 40 years or something but there is also not all politicians are bad uh, a lot of these institutes need to be replaced i mean there they have been like titular heads and not doing anything for a long time um but there has to be a serious mix like you have if say if a politician wants to and have a committee of six ex players uh, be like a governing council or something of that institute where the president has to report to so they can give the athletes viewpoint to this person and they don't have to you know so they they know what the athletes are going through if they have to beg around with bureaucrats for like not shoes and nutrition and it's stuff terrible. like that that's not worth it at all and also since independence we have not had one remarkable sports minister in india i cannot think of anybody and mr narendra modi fell in the same trap right now uh, we have mr vijay goel so i have to i have to say something and i have criticized the congress many times mm-hmm. and uh, ajay mahakan has even blocked me on twitter but he actually tried to do tried something to for do indian something. sport i i will give you uh, i will I, i would have tweeted it to him but he can't see my tweets anyways no, no but, but look seriously. at look at mr vijay goel right now he is plastering forget about the rio controversy i'm not getting into that i don't know how true that but plastering his face everywhere even when deepa karmakar he was wishing her the same so her, his no, face he is everywhere he was not wishing deepa karmakar he was wishing deepa karmankar he couldn't she couldn't even spell her name correctly no, it, is, it is sad so what happens is that people think that sports ministry is a very lightweight ministry ye kisi aise ko de do chalo theek hai jisko khush karna hai you know people don't understand these are lives who you know lives of sportsmen who put everything okay can, and can i say something i normally don't discuss this but for the love of god i don't know why rajyavardhan rathore is not the sports minister of india the one he, olympic medalist you have in the cabinet <laughs> he's the inb minister i know that is the sad part uh, with the sports in india and uh, in general mm-hmm. I, i i don't want to go into this debate of cricket versus uh, the rest of the mm-hmm. sports but there are some areas where we are really good at you know yeah. saina nehwal has proved time and time again, again how good she is world number 1 yeah our hockey team is not bad at all it continues i mean from the time of major dhyan chand till date they have produced really good uh, medals they but haven't good. done well in pa- uh, right. recent past but again it has the potential <laughs> yeah. i'm just saying you know you don't even with the 125 member mm. contingent and the pr- results they have produced i say they have done remarkably well <laughs> considering the kind of uh, you know it was a, support it was a, infrastructure they get a bit uh, it was a sad day today because saina crashed out of the olympics as well today and I so know. did the hockey team actually so and, and sania um, almost was no, going to make four. it to semi finals but yeah. didn't make it yeah no she was uh, she still has a bronze face yeah she was in the semi final she was yeah. going to make it to the finals mm-hmm. and no they lost the bronze medal that's oh, they where did? they came yeah. fourth okay. yes yeah, sania right. and bopanna right. so, so too many it was i was telling i was messaging sunanda i was like i am i mean completely heartbroken this morning morning because uh, pretty much every single Sa- Saina Nehwal Sania Mirza Deepak Karmakar 
everyone missed out today abhinavindra uh, they all abhinavindra was last week but no this was all this all happened this, this happened morning. morning yeah when i woke yeah. up in between like 7 am and 9 am yeah. but anyways so and that was my third point that i was saying that don't blame cricket in fact whether as much as i criticize bcci you have to give them credit they have done they have managed the sport well right. cricket did not have money in it in the 90s the bcci brought in the money uh, i have raised questions about the financial improprieties as well and there are politicians involved in bcci also but then you also had people like raj singh dungarpur and others who were passionate and um, you also had a lot of ex cricketers having a say now when the indian coach anil kumble was appointed guess who interviewed him sachin tendulkar saurav ganguly and rahul dravid yeah right i would hope that that would be the case in many other federations too that your top players like say the next shooting coach or something abhinav bindra if has retired he should have a say or he should interview that person as well so that's something But that it's very sad that a country of uh, 1.3 billion people has that uh, uh, lack of focus you know if it if you're just focused on 20 or 25 skills you guys are really good at Uh, if not uh, gold or silver at least bronze successive 10 to 15 bronze medals would have done enormous good so yeah so part 1 was in the olympics and that's that's something that needs to be uh, uh, thought about that you know how do you approach this it's and there are short term goals that need to be set ki you know you have 10 medals you try for 20 and this ideally the goal for this olympic should have been 10 and next 20 that's because you had a platform of six shooting was a big disappointment because we have won a medal in shooting in 04 08 yeah. and two in 2012 so yeah it's kind of sad but anyways uh, uh, we'll we'll keep discussing more about the olympics and sports uh, soon for i'm going to uh, now give the stage to promote and this is where uh, i'm going to first compliment you that you, you we started featuring okay. baluchistan no you staked out a found a extremely commissioned an extremely good piece on baluchistan and then uh, 6 months ago something we were talking about ki aaj jab baluchistan ki baat ho rahi hai on news channels and stuff mindmakers was one of the first uh, f- folks like in media organizations to talk about it and i i mean i'm not saying of course we were the first people the baluchis have been writing about it for a long time not talk about it i think this was the first as i said um, you know in an emotional post that day i said it is, is this is mindmakers is the first india related news portal exactly because That's... we talk about india all the time india related news portal that recognized that baloch voice needs to be given platform on a global stage and some day new delhi and world capitals need to understand that here is a crisis that needs to be solved so i feel proud that at you know we realized that that could uh, that this needs to, we didn't know prime minister was going to make this center stage of his diplomacy right now and whether it is going to be center stage of diplomacy yet we have just heard statements um but at that time we realized and i remember talking to you um pramod ji and you were very very keen on this fact and in fact you were the one who reached yeah. out to baloch Uh, activists and journalists and uh, commission stories so you should talk about um, your experience with speaking to them and also give a background about baluchistan for our yeah. uh, listeners Pers- yes. personally my connection with the people of baloch uh, region uh, goes back to almost 35 to 40 years because uh, baluchistan is a very interesting microcosm they speak several different languages and some languages are very close to the indo persian family some languages are very close to punjabi some mm-hmm. languages are close to uh, sindhi and some to certain extent gujarati are there 
but one of their key languages which is still alive but it is written in uh, either persian or arabic script because of the lack of uh, investment by the state is called brahui <clears throat> and brahui is actually a dravidian language now my telugu friends who think <laughs> that telugu is uh, essentially a independent uh, language uh, do not understand that dravidian uh, uh, languages existed in balochistan as well and brahui is very similar to a, 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 a mixture between telugu and kannada and i speak both languages so i can basically even pick up mm-hmm. some la- uh, words that are being uh, talked in brahui and my uh, father's elder brother was his phd thesis was on brahui interesting and the similarities between telugu yeah, kannada and uh, the dravidian languages so the attachment with the the people who are basically were an independent nation they were a, an amalgamation of several different tribes ruling uh, in uh, around petta and uh, some parts of kalath the shah uh, the the king of kalath the khan of kalath actually did not want to merge with pakistan during the negotiation period after 1945 unfortunately because india and balochistan were geographically separated sindh was in between punjab was in between there was not that kind of day to day interaction between the people of let us say the farther reaches of india in gujarat or rajasthan to the people of balochistan but uh, the, the balochi people are a different type of people they are not dominating in their they are very simplistic very you know nice to communicate mm-hmm. with and have a very secular and very broad minded nature mm. uh, one of the biggest and the most uh, important uh, temples of hindus in uh, balochistan is protected by it's it reads in a remote corner it's, the, it's the a, temple of hinglaj mata hinglaj hmm. hinglaj is a place where it is in the mountains uh, obviously it gets uh, snowed in and possibly people can't reach it it is protected by the muslim balochis residing in the adjoining villages it's not so it's very syncretic it's very um, secular and unfortunately they lost out in negotiations and uh, they did not have any leverage and mm-hmm. no big world power was supporting them had no voice but their struggle has been well documented for the past 65 to 70 years at least maximum they have never give up uh, they have never given up on their claim for independence of their own existence they never reconciled to the creation of pakistan which is not a nation it is an amalgamation of nations under the banner of islam that mm-hmm. was created bangladesh has separated Uh, there have been four or five major conflicts between the balochi separatists and the the pakistani establishment every time pakistani establishment has either annihilated or subjugated the leadership mm-hmm. on uh, the last big leadership was nawab bukti yes who was killed by general musharraf and uh, the expats that are now growing in number whether it is in europe canada united states are all now coalescing together around a, a set group of leaders again they have a problem they don't have a singular leader they have for five or six different leaders um hypercashmari is, my, is yeah. one of the prominent leaders let me ask you a question <clears throat> so to understand the balochistan problem really well is it that um after pakistan got and everyone knows how pakistan was mm-hmm. um, sort of created um did balochistan not really feel part of did not want feel part of pakistani identity because there was nothing for them there was there. nothing called pakistani identity. identity 
you know they were part of But, different kingdoms at different certain moth eaten either were, were a part of the durrani empire of afghanistan or were part of the persian safavid safavid yeah. empire or sometimes were even part of extended sindhi empires yeah. i had independent existence also for a long period of time the kingdom of kalat was one of the biggest kingdoms just yeah. like hyderabad nizam yeah. was uh, the holder of one of the largest kingdoms of the 500 kingdoms yeah. the khan of kalat had a very big kingdom yeah. never wanted to so, merge with pakistan so this comes back to the question that if we what we call pakistan what is pakistan so there is balochistan there is punjab which is very strongly putting its Aha. punjabi identity there is sindh and which is completely you know in sindhi identity <laughs> what is pakistan no, okay. and, and let, let's get some to something pakistan itself was a cre- the creation of pakistan was to have a pan islamic identity that was the identity of pakistan and nothing else so state. they were pak we yeah. are we are na pak that is the whole that was the, that was the whole idea of pakistan in 19 in the 1947 mm-hmm. so whether baluchistan would fit in that identity i am not so sure and what and happened clear. and it did and what happened in 48 was very significant as well with uh, you know the conflict and so forth mm-hmm. but what has happened in present is baluchistan is a rich resource for gas natural gas and other natural resources and so forth and it's very key to the to china's plan as well for that uh, one trunk road or whatever they're doing yeah. and for the gwadar port that uh, these guys are uh, talking about um, yeah. so the, economically balochistan is very critical to pakistan but they have not been fair to it when it comes to you know human rights uh, bombing their own citizens no there no journalists can go to no, no balochistan and dare i say the balochi leadership is being looked as after as bad or as non seriously as the east pakistani leadership was in the 60s just an example a week ago the entire lawyers community it was completely was finished finished in quetta in quetta ah, finished so there are no senior lawyers left after, anymore Balochi oh, origin was, anymore. So that is how bad this genocide is, and the prime minister has done the right thing by taking that issue up and being being the voice of the Balochi people because they are looking for towards India's support. They actually do have some slight support coming in from Iran, but majority of the support comes from Afghanistan and India. Mm-hmm. Now. the western nations to get it the official recognition to open up diplomatic mm. Uh, mm. relationships within a a government with a government in exile all of that probably is a yeah. everybody is waiting for this yeah. us elections yeah. to be over and so um balochistan and not just balochistan now uh, pakistan occupied kashmir has also entered the lexicon of the formal um, statements that of the um, uh, diplomacy that uh, indian prime minister has hmm. um, opened up a new chapter in we should have always in because we have never given up claim on um, no. pakistan there was a kashmir. 94 parliament, parliament resolution. resolution which was uh, saying oh. that we have not uh, hmm. given up claim the only fight 1994 resolution said that if there is any fight with pakistan it is about pakistan occupied kashmir sure. pok magbusa kashmir jisko kehte hain that is the only uh, fight we have we have no other fight with them so the point is that pakistan has not looked after their part of kashmir very well too pakistan wants our kashmir too but it they has not looked after any part, part of no, no, themselves and they when they talk about the un resolution you know of 1948 about talking about this plebiscite and so forth the first step was the pakistani army should secede from kashmir yeah. the parts taken and then the indian army should india india should be allowed to keep army for its self defense for as you know as as it deems fit or something so the, pakistan is not uh, the, and i find it funny pakistani journalists and uh, arnab panelists because i don't know where you know who are 
about his panelists from Pakistani brings. They talk about this uh, plebiscite in Kashmir, but they forget that you know the first no, part of the UN resolution the is, is not done. POK's Kashmiris in POK are very very unhappy with Pakistan too. Even in POK, you have to divide it up into two parts. First is your Gilgit Baltistan, and second is your Mirpur, Mirpur, which they call it the Azad Jammu and Kashmir, yes. right? Yeah. Uh, and the cries of which resonate in London, London. where they try to do unsuccessful marches. Yeah. So. <laughs> So, so it is, it is, it's, it's a sad... Um, uh, no, look at, uh, Sunana ji, contrast Pakistan and India, yeah. two nations who are uh, now the modern state of India were born uh, within a day uh, difference. Mm -hmm. The uh, Indians are CEOs of global corporations, Indians are CEOs and chairmen of uh, successful companies and uh, success mm -hmm. of Indians are, is known worldwide. Look at the CEOs of Pakistan has produced. Hafizai, all of these CEOs of uh, terrorist organizations, yeah, yeah. they export only ganja, they only terror, uh, send bombs. Look yeah. at the kind of sad, that is why I said, why, why talk to that desert? Hamesha, yeah. in history, mein, mm -hmm. everywhere we used to have what, what we call as, uh, you know, uh, a, a no-go zone. Yani, yeah. There is a desert, there is a big bad forest, hai, savages live mm. there. That is how Pakistan should be considered. As yeah. long as it exists, it will never want peace with India. Yeah. They, they want to subjugate India through hook and crook. They want India to bleed, 1,000 cuts, 2,000 cuts. You yeah. know, for India, they have seen so many of these countries come up go, you know, and dissolve. Yeah. And we have a beautiful piece actually by Hemant Grandekar and I want to give a shout out to him because he's such a wonderful uh, thinker and writer. He's written this piece about how Pakistan is an unnatural state. There is nothing, na there's no, there's nothing that holds Pakistan Th That's together. what I said. The whole yeah. concept of Pakistan was an, an Islamic yeah. identity. Yeah. And an anti-India Islamic identity. Anti there are other Islamic yeah. countries also. Afghanistan is not built on anti-India uh, identity. Exactly. Before we get to our uh, next topic, um, I do want to say that this is MindMakers production. This Mind podcast is brought to you by the MindMakers team. This uh, podcast is produced and edited by Adit Kapadia with the help of our team in India. The panelists for the um, podcast are Adit Kapadia, Pramod Kumar Buravalli and Sunanda Vashisht, which is me. So when I was talking about Pakistan, I was also wanting to refer to a line that uh, Suranda spoke last week that what MJ Akbar said, you know, your first Islamic state was Pakistan. You quoted from his speech. Yeah. Also, this also shows you, Suranda, that I do listen to the podcasts. I don't participate <laughs> in. Well, thank you. Uh, because this this was, you probably spoke it in the middle of uh, yeah, the podcast same, somewhere. Yeah. So I was not bluffing when I said <laughs> I actually listened. So nay, so that, that was one of the things. That's where I was thinking, linking this idea that yeah. This is the whole, so there are inherent contradictions that will exist there. So anyways, that is the thing and the Baluchi debate, I, I thought Arnab Goswami's debate trended for quite a while on Baluchistan. I haven't uh, seen I haven't it seen yet. Either. So, but uh, Tarek Fatah was there and one of my finest, like one of the finest voices on Indian national security, Parthasarthi, G. Parthasarthi was there too, who, whose views on Baluchistan, he has been actually the first person to talk about these Baluchi issues and stuff for like six, seven, eight years, ever since these news debates, you know, started coming. So uh, any debate on especially in Indian Pakistan, not just any foreign policy method, he, Partha is one voice you should and must listen to. One of the, he was the former High Commissioner to Karachi, uh, to Pakistan, you know, he was in Karachi in there, uh, at least in official capacity. <laughs> 
and uh, so anyways uh, let's come to the next uh, debate we were talking about uh, freedom freedom of expression right so general gd bakshi times now's favorite panelist and uh, on india pakistan issues and I, I don't know if their pakistani panelists feel the same about him too but he's extremely passionate about what he believes in you know um, and um, in the military decorated army officer who served uh, was in the news because IIT he gave a lecture in IIT Madras and somebody wrote an open letter saying it was so a hate mongering lecture or a hate filled lecture because he said my generation broke Pakistan into two parts your generation should break Pakistan into now uh, before we get into that I I have disagreed or agreed with General Bakshi on occasions but I saw someone saying about his service record should be checked I think this is a disgusting comment if you agree with it disagree with an ex serviceman do that you can say that your position is completely uh, I don't agree with it but why are you questioning when they served uh, on the border you know why is your uh, political ideology so deep rooted and you're uh, you know you despise the other side so much that you are now uh, questioning the service record of the I mean will will the BJP start questioning now that uh, uh, for the benefit you know? of those folks who get their information about the political uh, thing on Google and Wikipedia. I do want them to understand that General Bakshi, whatever, whether you agree with him now or you don't agree with him, that is completely, and that is the point of freedom of speech, whether you, you agree or you don't agree, but you always let the other person speak. But his um, tenure and his as in Kashmir and as a soldier is unblemished. It is something to be very proud of. And I say this when I have publicly disagreed with uh, uh, General G.D. Bakshi number of times and I have agreed with him a whole number of times I have agreed with him so and I have disagreed with him something I can uh, this thing but his his tenure his service record is completely unblemished this is rubbish you know this is such a typical leftist trait that if you don't agree with this thing so how can we um, completely go and discredit the person it is happening with a very brave journalist um, Gaurav Savant also mm -hmm. right now because they do not like the fact that he was the only journalist who went to downtown Srinagar who caught these mm -hmm. murderous mob which he calls stone pelters pelting stones and completely for the reason to kill and Can maim, I? they do not like the fact and now they are discrediting his entire work. And, and uh, pardon me a little bit of impertinence, but can I transform or change your statement? The only journalist who probably wanted to go to downtown Srinagar yeah. and catch these mobs. See, a lot of journalists may be in Srinagar, but they may not really want to go to downtown Srinagar. They may only want to go with where people like them um, are there. A friend actually raised a very important question and she is not a political this thing and she said this is very interesting. I only saw so many people report from Kashmir but why is it that only Gaurav had to wear a protective gear? I said exactly that is the point. Hmm. He is the one who does not report from this um, you know uh, cozy, corner. cozy corners sitting on Dal Lake where you are completely protected. Mm -hmm. He actually goes to Mesuma, he actually goes to Eidgah, he actually goes to Safakadal and he reports from there. That's not where you see a lot of people reporting and he's actually he's the only one who has shown 
a mob of 400-500 people completely and only uh, 20 odd CRPF people trying to, um, um, you know, mm. uh, manage law and order there. Mm. This is not the picture of Kashmir you see. So the same thing is happening with G.D. Bakshi. So if you don't agree with it, the leftist thing is that if I don't agree with you, let me go back to your father, your mother, your um, great-grandfather, your uh, this thing. Let me try to discredit you in every single no, and, way. And, and frankly, I mean, people could have disagreed or something. I don't know how he was hate-mongering in that speech. I don't think he I, I, I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't know, Pramod, what do you think about no, it? No, I saw, saw that speech and it's not hate-mongering. It is perhaps J.D. Uh, Bakshi, again, again, this is possibly his age, his you know, anger. It could be a pro probably a, bit, a, a lack of good words to choose from <laughs> at that point in time. But uh, General G.D. Bakshi does not have the luxury of being diplomatic. He is an ex-army person, so he naturally, uh, you know, uh, hate-mongering is one when you incite people of Tamil Nadu, especially IIT Madras, to go and invade a certain piece of Pakistan. Yeah. Is this person brave enough to uh, try to envision himself going to the border? Yeah. No. No, won't. and I'll tell you something. Uh, probably go to China's border. I would love for everyone to be nuanced yeah. on every issue. Yeah. But boss, when you had five of your chaps who served under you, killed by the forces on the other side yeah. and things probably you would have thought as your comrades, your friends, your, your, sometimes your kids or something. I do. It's hard to keep a nuanced position. Yeah. But isn't this uh, IIT Madras, uh, the, the student who asked have, have communist leanings? Uh, the, the, I think he, this person has the, that same track record Which one? of creating problems in IIT Madras. Yeah. This is a noted personality. Uh, if he's left out, naturally he's in the left. I mean, I don't know. I just found it quite silly, the whole controversy that was whipped up uh, over yeah. this freedom of expression debate. And ye, ye bahut, achha, I have to tell you about this. Uh, when we are getting the freedom of expression, I read a piece in the Hindu today about how the film industry is taking a rightward turn. Yeah. And they had quoted saying that uh, people like Bairam Khan, who are like positive figures, are now negativized. And then, and I, for the love of God, don't understand that he saw three minutes of Mohanjodaro's trailer, three minutes of Shivai's trailer, which I absolutely love, by the way. I saw it on the big screen yesterday. It looked phenomenal. And he concluded that there is a right-wing lunch just because uh, a trailer is based on the concept of Lord Shiva. You know, that means you're going right-wing. You know, that, that goes the whole thing. That tells you how... how disease their thinking is because anytime you talk about anything that has remotely anything to do with hindu they think it's right no, last year yes, I, that's why i'm saying I, I call them diseased people so last year i was i was in a, i was watching an american movie and they show previews before it and before, or maybe this year i don't remember it was during easter and they had a movie called risen where you know jesus christ rises and Obama is the president, uh, he's, who's supposedly on the left. Will they say, oh, under Obama, the right-wing groups have, are making right-wing movies in US? No, this is rubbish. And I anyway, mean, you know, uh, all that, I, you know, should we pay no attention to. No, the main and thing GD is... G.D. Bakshi, again, the thing, we come back to G.D. Bakshi, and the thing is that if anybody speaks anything, uh, which is not palatable to their Aman Ki Asha group, he's a um, award <laughs> no, If somebody could think that um, somebody <coughs> who has gone through the travails of partition, somebody who has lost families, ah, somebody in Punjab or um, Bengal, Bengal or Punjab, you know, for them, go and talk to them about Aman Ki Asha. Maybe they think that is um, um, hate speech. <laughs> One thing Somebody who lost their entire family in partition, if you go and talk to them about Aman Ki Asha, is that not um, all a hate us, speech for all them? All of us need to understand one thing. No one knows the cost of a war more than a soldier. Yes! 
he doesn't know whether he's going to come back alive to yes. his uh, kids he doesn't know whether his best friend who's sitting right next to him is yeah. going to survive so to say that it's not like soldiers or ex soldiers love war yeah. Yeah. but they know what what steps to take to cut the losses so we don't face the same problems we did 25 years ago and india if india truly was war mongering or hate mongering uh-huh. Pakistan would not have existed, yeah. No. Bangladesh would not have existed. So, so in so, our own DNA, we are not like that. Yeah. So I find it incredibly funny <laughs> that when when people say about talk about poor action, you're saying you have to understand that a soldier loses a lot more on the battlefield than all of us can even think about. Absolutely. The Absolutely. Indian leftovers, as I call them, are essentially pseudo leftists. You know, had they been true leftists, hypocrites. Yeah, they're exactly they're pseudo. Hypocrites. And, and that that is why I feel pain that had true socialism and I know we were wanted to talk about uh, Nitish Kumar but again uh, true socialism is about having no state concept of uh, you know truth or untruth yeah. they will put everything out there they lay it out there mm-hmm. and then they will say that rationally speaking mm-hmm. everybody had a good side and bad side mm-hmm. yeah. that is why it has never been able to take root and shape and I it. also don't understand this. Uh, you know this thing about that you have to love pakistan for some reason because they are some re- i don't feel that love for pakistan what am i going to do i mm-hmm. i am not talking about pakistani people i extend my love no, no, and you love sindhis you love punjabis yeah. but not pakistan that's the difference i know huh. and no i don't understand i am not in agreement with the pakistan state policy i have they have uprooted me and my family and this thing i don't feel love for pakistan so what, what am i a hate monger because i don't feel love for pakistan So, no, I don't. I mean, I don't want to do this Aman ki Aasha business. That, I do not want to be going and singing um, Faz with them. I rather sing Faz alone. I don't want to do this. No, you should not be even singing alone. But I that's don't. separate. That is why they have <laughs> no, to be called joking. out. Earlier they were not called out because they were ruling the roost in yeah. the media. They were ruling in the in politics. They were ruling everywhere. Yeah. Now they are being called out, and mm. basically their travails are, have just begun. I I just remember one. Uh, instance where they are now saying that uh, social media has to be regulated hmm? yeah. oh. because they are they are oh, okay, unki nahi ban rahi hai na abhi journalist the indian some of the indian journalists are the first ones to talk yeah. about freedom of expression but regulate it when it doesn't yeah. suit them yeah. so social media se pehle kya tha you had to write letters to the editor and which would not, not get published na yeah. now they can uh, the internet is the future and they are not by the way i have to but but <laughs> when it comes to letters to the editor i have to give one one person credit and as much as i disagree with vinod mehta In Outlook, all the letters bashing him would be published in the letters to the editor, yeah. and I would look forward to the reading. No, for truth seekers, Adit, there is nothing like socialism, communism, or uh-huh. right wing, or sang, or something uh-huh. like that. Mm-hmm. Truth is above all. Eternal. If they start stick with truth, they might as well be able to uh, continue to set the narrative. But Absolutely. when they make compromises, they will never be able to do it. Correct. So yes, now we get to our favorite part of the podcast this week: the recommendations. What are your recommendations for most? I read a book. Uh, really quickly, it's a large book. It's available on Amazon. Uh, naturally, the Kindle version. It's called India's Wars: A Military History uh, Between 1947 and 1971, written by um, Air Vice uh, Marshal Arjun Subramanyam. He is serving um, the Air Force till, till date, so he's still still in active duty. Mm. It's an excellent book, uh, different perspective, and uh, uh, possibly an advice for policymakers also not to make. Same and not a whole lot of military history has been written in India, yeah. so this is a very good initiative. Yeah. Not by a serving officer. Though. Ah, very interesting. So, ha, huh, that is yeah, that is. He's a air vice marshal. That's what Amrinder Amrinder Singh uh, said in that interview, you mm-hmm. know, that if uh, if he loses Punjab, 
he is going to keep writing military history yeah that's yeah. a good good choice yeah so what about uh, you sunanda uh, i am actually started reading and i actually finished halfway through um, sajeev sanyal's of um, the ocean of churn it's making a lot of uh, mm. ripples uh, this thing so it's on my kindle and um, those of who you haven't read it it was just released by um uh, commerce minister uh, nirmala sitaraman and um, sanjeev sanyal is a is a phenomenal writer in the sense that he just makes history so much more interesting Absolutely. so much more interesting so after land of seven rivers i'm actually enjoying this lot more land, land of seven rivers is also excellent and this is this is even more uh, for a man of uh, finance, finance to write, to history, write history, history so beautifully and so interestingly yeah. and i like his point he says why should history be studied by students and why do yeah. they for by history the yeah. students mean that they are studying akbar's mansabdari system <laughs> who wants to study akbar's mansabdari system why don't we study history why don't we make it interesting i love so this generation aditya yeah. generation writing books and so he fiction. has made it very interesting and he actually talks about um, why india is a maritime power and why no one talks about it i know why india has always been a maritime power and the entire history of india has been written Uh, from the point of view of delhi and so he said this is so sad that you would know somebody a very small dynasty called lodi dynasty which had not much power or role to play but you don't know about cholas and chalukyas and uh, cholas uh, practically ruled southeast asia southeast asia that's exactly what it is you you know about that lodi dynasty who were just uh, look, look look up the but you don't know chola dynasty uh-huh. why do you not look at india as a maritime power that is the entire premise and crux of his book up, it's a phenomenal book i loved it uh, look up the last names of a lot of people in southeast asia yeah. it is quite interesting marco polo was at the coronation of rani rudramadevi the queen of kakatiya dynasty yeah. can you believe that uh-huh. nobody knows that nobody knows that i hope netflix shows it no? uh-huh. marco polo yeah <laughs> no, 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 no i was just saying but no my my recommendation would be a movie that i watched yesterday called rustam it is based on the case uh, of kem nanavati uh, who was uh, in the indian navy uh, it's funny you brought up maritime expansions and yeah, so forth uh, of course i don't think it's an exact uh, exact adaptation they have left out some things and uh, parts of it is fictionalized i thought it was a little over the top but it's still a fun watch uh, especially because jury system a lot of people don't know jury system existed for existed for 12 years it and it was demolished because of disbanded because of this case because the jury uh, well i don't want to reveal anything but the jury gave a certain verdict which was challenged in the high court and the supreme court and and so forth and um, you i i would also recommend reading the actual uh, uh, case files um, if not the case files at least there are articles and so forth and the most fascinating character i found in the movie i think it's probably based on the character of rusi karanjia who was the uh, editor and the owner of blitz a tabloid newspaper in mumbai and then probably the, uh, in the 90s he got he completely uh, he was a left of center and then completely moved towards the right and his his character in this uh, movie is played by kumud mishra and you have to see he's a fabulous job he's not a parsi and you know but getting the mannerisms the way it's, it's just fun to watch so and and anyways i think rusi karanja is a very fascinating character i really hope somebody writes a, a biography 
biography or at least like a long essay on yeah. you know chronicling his uh, yeah. uh, his, his so media barons actually you know Ramnath Goenka I would not of course I'm not saying they were contemporaries or not comparing them but just fascinating uh, people you know maybe we will, we, we will do that we will do that who knows yeah, yeah, that. Ah, so that is something that uh, that has been uh, coming to my mind and I've been just reading more and more about Rusi since then so anyways that ends this week's podcast we'll be back uh, next week with more and I'm sure three of us will be back next week yes, with absolutely. more and uh, stay tuned like us on Facebook uh, follow us on Twitter subscribe uh, to Mind Podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes and uh, do visit the sponsor a podcast list if you think you like what we're doing like if, us anyway like us anyways <laughs> if, you, if you don't like what you're doing please write to me Sunanda may not want to hear the criticism I'm just joking <laughs> she's know. yeah we, we, please write to us and tell us how you know yeah. um, where we messed up and where we did good so thank you all